Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Man, are you guys, are you guys ready for next Sunday? All right? That made it cool, right? You get your pastor back. Let's go. Come on, man. You guys are good looking. What a good looking bunch of people. Wow. Floridians. You guys are, sit down, go and sit down, you know. You guys, I heard there's like an important thing coming up in a couple days here. You know, where I come from, it's like there's no hope, right? I mean, it's like, we, we don't even vote. I mean, it's correct what we do, but I'm just saying it's like that. But I want you to know, about 7 o'clock our time, we're looking at the TV set. And we look at one state. We look at Florida, right? We look at you guys. I'm going to tell you right now, we've been praying for you. If you don't get this right, the Lord says you're going to shave off Florida and dump it into the Atlantic. Woo, let's go. Come on, people. <laughs> oh, I'm so honored to be with you. I was joking. Come on. Get all weird on me. Man. I love you guys. I'm so glad to be here. I just love your pastor. I do have a man crush on him. He's amazing, right? And I, I, I can't explain this, but you guys have like the, you know, the, the east, southeast, and we got the northwest. And, and like I said last time, our DNA is so similar. You, you guys need to know, we, you have thousands upon thousands of people praying for your church, praying for your pastor. And when you pray, something happens. Come on, come on, right? You, when you pray, something happens. And I'm telling you, you are entering into it. I can't, I got one, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm so excited for your church. This is just the beginning of what God is going to do. All right, come on, somebody. Come on, right? Yeah, listen, I, I don't have a lot of time here because I like to go for like four hours. So I'm going to jump right in. But I just want to say a couple things uh, to, to Sean in the house. We went fishing yesterday. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. 30 redfish. Mm, let's go. I'll tell you. It was awesome. It, it was like 80 degrees. It felt like 80 degrees outside. And, you know, Sean's back there captaining the boat. Oh, yeah. We had Andrew with us. He was catching fish. And, you know, I, Pastor and I had this contest going. He won. I mean, come on, man. He caught like all the fish. Every now and then, I'm like, you're going to share the load a little bit. But it was so fun. And I just uh, thank you, Sean, for taking us out. But, but I just really want to uh, thank Pastor Suzanne and for your hospitality again and you are the first lady and you are truly amazing I, I said something to her i want you all to hear you know the, the the worship pastor is pastor jamie i get it right but really the worship pastors are the staff and the team and, and your first lady pastor suzanne she leads you well she's a, she's up here up front man she's going at it she's jumping around like a little teenage girl it's crazy I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This woman, she's amazing. And her husband, these guys are, cr I mean, I, I get pastor has like 20 shots of coffee before he comes out here. I'm on like nine shots. I don't even work nuts. I mean, but I just thank you so much for your hospitality. And you guys do it really well. Can you give your pastors a big old round of applause? Come on. Woo, let's go. Oh, I found out that pastor and I actually share the same iPad. We even share the same case. It's weird. I even have the same shoes he wore this morning. I don't know. God is like, really cool, man. 
I'm going to jump right into to, to the book of John. If you go there, I've titled today, listen, and again, I've never preached this before. I don't do that. I don't travel around having a canned sermon. I really, I really want to hear the voice of the Lord and pray for your house because God's given me a heart for your house and for your pastors. And, and so the Lord gave me this title. You ready? It's kind of silly. Well, not really, but it's, yeah, I've got to explain. It's called The Born Agains, right? The Born Agains. There's something about the born again. So I'm going to tell you real quick, there's some people in here that this is going to, it's going to hit you right in the heart. You're going to be like, yeah, that's me. That's where I need to be. Yeah, let's go. And it might be like a swift kick to get us moving, right? To some people who might be in here examining the faith, wondering if you want to step over the line of faith. Maybe you're here. I want to honor the fact that you're here today. And today, maybe you might make a decision to go to the next level. But I want to just quickly start by reading the story. And you've heard it a million times right out of the book of John. And it's this story. It's chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now there's a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you've come from God. For, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Somebody say born again. Born again. Say again, born again. Jesus lays it down. He said, unless you're born again, right? He says, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? That's kind of a legitimate question. That'd be weird. You know, I mean, it's like, Jesus is probably like, really? Nick, come on, bro. Um, She said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, somebody say spirit. Okay, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now I'm telling you, friends, hate to get in so serious so quick, but I don't have a lot of time. I'm telling you, when you're born of the Spirit, when God, when God enters you, when, when you have this equinity uh, 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 experience by receiving Jesus as King and you crown Him as King and Lord of your life, there's something that takes place, a triggering effect. You become a new creation. You're born again. And I'm telling you, the church in the year 2020 needs to understand that today is a day to walk out that title more than ever before. We have been born from above. We're different than the rest of creation. Come on. When we encounter God, something takes place. Uh, it's just so, the change that happens inside. See, God is such a good God. He doesn't change us from the, outside, ooh, from the outside in. If you get changed from the outside in, you put on a mask. That's called religion, right? But, but God is always an inside God. He does an inside job. And you begin to change from the inside out. And all of a sudden, the things you used to do, you all of a sudden just don't do it. Sure, it takes time, but eventually you're just, uh, just new, right? Come on, somebody. And that's what happens when we encounter Jesus. Now, I got to tell you, I was messed up. God messed me up, but he, he really messed me. He messed up my plans. Man, I was, I was dealing drugs. I was doing all these crazy things. I was doing stuff I can't talk about in church. And, and then I meet Jesus, and my income was just, it was like, What? 
I ain't got no money, but I met Jesus, right? Hello. I was a guy, man. I was a guy. I was doing all this stupid stuff. And, and I, I got invited to a party after I came to know Christ. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do something crazy. So I, they used, I used to bring the drugs, right? I'm sorry I have to say this, but I, the cocaine, I bring it. I'm sorry. So bad. I'm so embarrassed, but I did. And, and so I, I, it's like 200 people in the room. And I come in, I, 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 put, I put it in a bag, right? And I, I walk in and I bring my paper sack. And all everybody's like, yeah, let's go, James. Let's go. He brought the goods, right? And I stood up on it. This true story. I stood up on a table. And I open up and I pull out the word of God. They're like, what? What? And I, <laughs> I began to preach. Right? I'm just telling you, God messed my plans up. That's what happens, all right? Come on, man. That's what happens, right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone, somebody say anyone. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Somebody say gone. The new has come. I'm going to stop right there. Now, listen, what's gone? An old way of thinking, right? You know, the Bible says that, you know, we're to repent. You know what the word repentance means? It's called metanoia. See, see, the old school church got it wrong. They thought repentance was just a U-turn. Where, okay, I'm one way and I'm going another way, right? Well, let me tell you what that is. That's called maybe saying I'm sorry. True repentance literally means metanoia. It means to have a change of thinking that changes your behavior. See, we, we, we forget about that. Well, no, God wants to, he has to change the head first before he changes everything else. So I, I can try to convince you to stop that behavior, but unless God changes the way you think about that behavior, you're going to continue to go back to it once I leave the room. Come on, somebody. And so listen, so listen, this is really good. When God calls us to repent, he's asking you to have a change of head that changes your heart. Come on. So, so when he says, what is gone? An old way of thinking, an old way of doing. I'm a new creation. Everything's new, right? But let me just throw this at you. I don't want to like take this out of context, but just let me just throw this at you, right? So the, this, this book called 1 Corinthians was written after Acts, after the, you know, the Pentecostal experience called Pentecost, right? May I submit to you, read this a different way. And again, here it is, ready? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ post, post, right, post, Pentecost. He is a new creation. How about this? How about you are a new creation, a new thing that has never existed? Why? Because now you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So you are truly a new thing, right? The old is gone. The new is come. You don't have to walk the way you used to because you got the living, loving breath of God inside of you. Hallelujah. Oh man, that's what born agains do. They walk differently, not because somebody tells you to. But because you got the son of the living God living in you. Come on, sir. Come on, that is is really heavy, but it's really real. That's who God wants us to be as his born again. Somebody say born again. again. See, that's who he's called you to be. These guys were different. When you read the Bible, it's like, who were these guys? You're weird. They're they're peculiar, but they're strange. They were so weird, the people of the day had a nickname for them. They, they called them the people of the, the way. They, they, why? Because they had a different way about them. Ew. It's different. And I wonder sometimes today, do we just fit in the crowd? Do we just kind of walk through society and kind of look just like everybody else? Or do we like to swim 
or the fish swimming in the opposite? Do we look different? Do when people look at us and say, whoa, I didn't know you were a Christian. That would be the worst insult on the planet. If somebody says, I didn't know you were a Christian. I'm a believer too. I'm like, duh. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor. Just, no, don't, don't. (laughs) No, really. Come on. Let's go. God has called us, listen, to reflect his image. We reflect the image of the Son of God. We will reflect the image of the person or the the, the thing we're closest to. The born-agains know that. Why? These people thought you were weird. They thought we were weird. Why would anyone give up their life to follow this Jesus guy? Why would they give up money? You know, I got a friend, Pasquale Urbaza. He's really close to President Trump. And President Trump comes to his church. In fact, he was here two weeks ago. And he prophesied over him. You should check it out. It's pretty cool. But... You know, Trump was sitting right here. President Trump was right there. And Pasquale was prophesying over him and had him stand up. And it was really cool. And then all, what got the news, though, is when President Trump sat down, they passed the offering plate. And that's not his home church, right? So he reached into his pocket, pulled out like 60 bucks. And the plate came by, and he put it in the plate. And the news media was there. And, and the, whole, the, the whole, like, headline of the day was President Trump was extremely generous and gracious to the church because he gave 60 bucks. Dear God. Now, no, no, I'm not, listen, I, he, he didn't have to give anything. It's not his church, right? But my point is, is they freaked out because he gave 60 bucks saying that. I was like, hey, whoa, whoa. Because you know what? The world doesn't understand when you give 10%. They, they think you're crazy. When you give an offering of 50, somebody gave us an offering for half a million dollars. That's true. I was like, oh, that's a good day for us. I feel the Lord say someone here is going to give half a million dollars. That's a joke. Maybe not. Who knows? But it's like, whoa, really? But people freak. They're like, you you give to your church? You're weird. You're peculiar people, man. Well, who were these people that, that would actually die for their teacher? That's why they called them the people of the way. Here's what we know, and this is crazy. I'm just going to throw this at you. We have an issue in America. It's called Western mindset. And what that means is, see, back in the day, these disciples, we're going to get into in a minute, they they had an Eastern mindset. In other words, in in our day, especially us men, we think of everything in terms of a big pie. See, I've got my social life. I've got my work life. I've got my hobby life. I'm a hunter. Actually, I'm a looker, but anyway. (laughs) I've got my love life. I've got my job, I, I mean, I, then I got my Jesus life, right? See, in Western culture, we, we think, well, okay, I'm good, but, but you know, like, I'm not going to let my Jesus life affect my work life, affect my love life, because I, I, I have to keep them separate. But this is a Western mindset, right? See, so what happens is with young people, they do this all the time, right? So it's like, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to let my Jesus affect my Love life. I mean, that's why they go out and they have premarital sex or, you know, the Bible says don't, you know, marry somebody who's not a believer, but they do it anyway because it's like, well, you know, but the Eastern mindset is different, right? So they, they kind of separate things as well. But when Christ comes in their life, watch this, God becomes the whole pie. You either get all of me or none of me. Come on, somebody. But born again to understand that when they give their heart to Christ, he gets all of them, and now everything I do flows through my God filter. Come on, let's go. 
But come on, listen. Like, like for example, I mean, you can even look at our culture. I mean, even how high school is set up. You got classes, right? You got college, you have classes, different classes. Because we're, we're, we're doing this Western mindset thing, right? I'm telling you, we've got to learn to think more like them. That Christ is my king, and therefore, because he's my king, I look at everything through my God filter. So my, my work life is through my God filter. My love life is through my God filter. My, my, my hobby life is through my God filter. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He wants you to go have fun. He wants you to do your thing. But he wants to be with you when you do it. You can't get away from God. You know, I'm on a fishing trip. I start cussing like a sailor. Well, he's with you. Sorry, Jesus. Come on. So we got to look at this differently. The born agains understand that God is the pie. Everything. Even how I vote. My civil life. Everything, my work life. Listen, here's what happens. We get this thing, it's a little different. See, we, we, you know, we dress up, you know, maybe where there's a lot of doctors in you. You dress up in your doctor outfit. I get it. Yeah, you got to put on the gown and your thing and all that. And, or you're a garbage man. You put on your outfit. Maybe you're a, a, a librarian. You put on your glasses, uh, whatever. I'm just joking. But I don't know. Whatever you do for a living, you, you put on that outfit, you know, and then you go out. And you, well, we, we have a tendency to be identified by what we do for a living, but God has a tendency to, to put you in a different category. It's what you do for a giving, right? Because listen, here's the deal. Before I'm a fireman, before I'm a doctor, before I'm anything, I am a son of the Most High God, and I put on Jesus every morning when I get up. Come on, people. So I'm a Christ follower first, and then I get to be a doctor. I'm a Christ follower first, and I can shovel garbage for whatever. The point is, we got to get this fixed. America, we got to allow God, the born again has got to figure this out, that we got to allow God to be part of the whole thing. This is crazy because it's different because people who say they're Christians are embracing things that aren't Christian. Now, I'm not telling you how to vote. I, I cannot, I cannot vote for a platform that endorses the killing of babies. I'm just saying I can't. I can't. I'm from Washington, and I might be the only one up there. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't. Because see, my, 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 but I don't like that guy. Well, I don't, well, okay, so I don't necessarily like his antics either, but I'm just saying I can't. The boy, listen, the born against, your, listen, your walk with God, your relationship with Jesus has to infiltrate every part of your life. Yes. It affects everything you do. And if it only affects one part, then we need to get Saved again. See, my, my life can't be James-centered. It's got to be God-centered. Come on, somebody. He's got to be the one in the middle of everything, right? I love Philippians. It says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. When you follow Christ, things begin to shift. And the first thing that happens is this domino falls. And the first domino is you. Right? Now, now, all of a sudden, now I'm having to put other people before myself. Matthew says this. He says, have you not heard what is said? Love your neighbor and despise your enemy. But I tell you, no, love your enemies. I almost said neighbor. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
Now, where I come from, I mean, I'm not, I, I want to tell you right now, I'm perfect. I got this down. If somebody hurts my kids or does something, I want to kill them sometimes. Revenge. I drive a pickup truck and it's like crazy high. No, no, it's, you guys are going to, I'm going to blow your image right now. I got a redneck pickup truck that's eight inches lifted with 37 inch mud tires, man. Come on. It's cool. All the kids in the church, we're going to ride in pastor's monster truck. My wife hates it. She's like, you know, I'm like, here you go, babe. You know? So we're on the freeway the other day. This is, I'm, I'm just being honest. Got to be honest with my failings and shortcomings, right? Pastor's pregnant. Sorry. Um, and we're on the freeway and I'm in this big truck and here comes this kid in this little mini Cooper. looks like a flea. He comes in front of me. He's probably a tree hugger and he pulls out in front of me. We're all doing 60 and he hammers a brake. It was, Pastor Ryan, it was bad. And I'm chirping, don't, 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 these big monster tires. And I'm like, dude, you did not just do that. So I pull out, punch it, get in front of him, pull in front, and I just slowed down. <laughs> 60 miles, I'm about 20 miles an hour. And then that little squirt did it again. He went out in front of me. I don't know why he's got this vendetta against me. He pulls out and he does it again. Bam, locks his brakes up. Oh, I mean, you did not just do that. So I pull out again and I get in front of him. And I, if you, how many people drive a diesel? Okay, we have a gift, right? So I let, I let the compression get down real low. It's a summer day. You guys top is down. Windows are down. And I tuned my diesel just right. And so I wait till I'm down 20 miles an hour, and then I just go, boom! And I mean, it looked like the glory cloud from hell. It came out, and it was black. You couldn't even see the guy. It was bad. And I'm like, yeah! And my wife looks at me, she goes, well, that was very pastorly pastor. So I get it. I'm trying to get it. I understand. That, we're not, I had to repent of that. I tried to find the guy, but I couldn't run him down. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. Some of the things Jesus says for us to do, listen, turn the other cheek. Really? <laughs> oh, sorry, Pastor. Hey, if somebody asks you your shirt, give me your tuna too. I got this in Nordstrom's. It's seven diamonds. Let's go. No. I mean, like, and then here's my favorite, right? It's in the book of Luke. Not that one, but this one. It says this. Ready? You're going to love this one. Lend to your friends and never ask for it back. Oh, my God. What am I? A bank? It's like these are crazy things he's saying, but I'm going to tell you right now, listen, there's a problem. Somehow in the day we live in, Jesus seems to have been removed from the religion that bears his name. We are the born again. Something is different. I want to take you just real quick. You're going to turn to in your Bible to Mark chapter 2. But I, just before I get there, I want to show you what we do. See, here's the thing. It's, it's called the cross, right? We, we love God with all of our heart. And, and you know, I, I want to follow him. I'm going to give my life to him. Yes, I'll raise my hand. I'm going to be a Christian. Salvation is mine. Yeah, I'm proud of him, everything, right? Whatever. And then all of a sudden, God begins to tell you you need to do some things. 
It's like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean, God? He's like, listen, I want you to uh, stop dating that non-believer. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I love you, God, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make missionary dating, God. We're good. So we kind of cut off that part of the cross. And then God says, listen, hey, I want you to learn how to be a good steward and steward your life. I want you to serve the local body. I want you to begin to tithe and give. It's like, well, I don't have enough money. I got to do that. I'm going to cut that off too, God. Then he says, listen, I, I want you to do this. I, I want you to stop using sailor language. And I, I want to clean up you from the inside out so your language reflects a different type of person, an interior job, an inside job. And you're like, yeah, but I, I can't do that either, God. And then all of a sudden, you know, he says, do this. And you're like, ah, but that's not convenient. Then do that. Well, that's not either. So what happens is we end up with this thing. We've cut off all the parts of the cross that have power to them. Watch this. And we wonder why God isn't working for us. It's because we made a mockery of what he's told us to do. Children of God, the, listen, the born again obey wow. the word. Yes, yes, listen, but the born again has to be in the word to obey it. Let's go. And I know you guys are in the word. I get it. I see crazy faith in this place. I understand that too. But we cannot rest on our laurels. Even when we get into this massive, awesome auditorium, it is time to get busy. So turn there if you would. Here you got this crazy story of these four guys. <laughs> this is awesome. And I believe these guys emulate the lifestyle of a born-again believer. Listen to this. And when he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum, after some days it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so, so that there's no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get him near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they, they did what? When they made an opening, they let down the bed in, in which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, whose faith did he look at? The paralytic's faith? Huh? The four guys, right? The dudes. He says, when he looked at their faith, right? This is crazy. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can, who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on, on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw this stuff before. Church, when the, when the born agains finally come out of the closet, it's easy to be born again in here. But when we go out there, when the born again, it's, it's another thing when we go on a mission trip and we're far away from home and these people don't know us. But when we come home and the people that you see all the time see you living out your faith like a born again believer, come on, they'll say the same thing. We've never seen this stuff before. 
Now, I get it. When the miracles happen in here, that's awesome, right? But I'll tell you what's going to really attract the attention of God, because where the attention goes, the power flows. It's one thing. When you guys and I, when we begin to live out this Christian life, the born-again life outside the walls of our church, come on, somebody, when signs and wonders are taking place out there and not just in here. They're like, what church do you go to? Wow, God is doing a new thing. This pandemic is like doing a refresh, right? It's crazy. In, in the church, it's crazy. In my house, in my church, we only have a quarter of our people. We've been outdoors for all summer. Now we've finally moved inside. Everybody has to wear a mask. Everybody, except me. I probably need to wear it more than anybody because I spit when I preach. <laughs> but I had a COVID test last week, so I'm good. I don't know about you, but I'm good. <laughs> Here, here's what I know, right? These four men got it right. So real quick, I want to just unwrap this for you. Here's what I think God is saying to you guys this morning. Number one, the born-agains are other-centered. Period. They're other people-centered. Look at that scripture right there. In fact, can we read it together? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, read it with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, what? To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, the born again, get this. They live that out. And Jesus, he started his ministry by doing that. What he was saying is, listen, it's not about me. Look, all the stuff he said we're about to do is about other people. And so if I'm born again, I have to put on this filter that I begin to look at everything in life. And so I'm not the most important being but everybody else is. And so now I've got to, number one, be other people-centered in all that I do. This is hard to do. I get it. But then, you know, what it says, some men came bringing Jesus, the par- or to bring him to Jesus, the paralytic, this friend. I mean, crazy stuff. I mean, these four guys could have been running in there, but they didn't. They thought it was more important to go find their friend. Think about that. There's no room. It was people crammed in there. They could have rushed in and got a front row seat too, but they didn't. They went looking around to find their paralytic friend. They were other people-centered. Friends, we have to have that. If we are born again, we have to have that mentality. That I'm going to be, look, I'm going to have the eyes of Christ, just like that scripture says, that I'm going to be looking for opportunities to go out and bring people in, not just into the house of God. I mean, I get that, that, you know, come and see the woman at the well. She says, hey, she told all of her friends, hey, come and see what this man has done. There's a, there's a really good uh, system of, of building the church by bringing people into the house. We need to do that. Come and see is great. But Jesus also go and do. Come and see, and then you go and do. The people gather on Sunday and scatter on Monday, right? Come on, let's go. That's the heart of the Father. This was an incredibly selfless act that these guys did, being other people-centered. I love it. It says so many people came that there's no room left, not even outside the door. Born again, we've got to get to this place where we not only go to church, but we be the church, right? And that happens when we lose, when we lose our agenda and we put on his agenda. When we look at the world through Christ's eyes, when we filter life through who God is in us and so that he can be God through us. Come on. This building is awesome. Praise God. Let's go. Come on, folks. Give yourself a hand. This is awesome. Woo! I love it. 
Man, this is crazy. I know I'm not supposed to covet anything, but I'm coveting this building right now. Let's go. We need buildings. We do. We do. And I get it. But we also need to build people. Building this was a great sacrifice. Building people is another great sacrifice. Come on, somebody. It requires a great commitment, not just to build this, but to build that. I mean, it's crazy, right? It requires great time, not just to build this, but build that. Ask Pastor Tad. Hello, I mean, this is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of work to build the kingdom out there. Let's go. Come on, people. We can't rest. We can't say, you know, we're done. Praise the Lord. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you know his head. That's why the Bible says, who can know the mind of Christ is to instruct him. But it says, but we have the mind of the Lord. So when we get close to Jesus, we begin to think like he does. Come on. That's right. You can have the mind of Christ. And that's what it's going to take for us to get to the next level. All right. Here we go. Ready number two. Write this down. This is awesome. The born-agains are motivated. Somebody say motivated. They're motivated by love and compassion. I say motivated because a lot of people are motivated by other stuff. Or they're motivated by, watch this, even Christians can be motivated by things that aren't of God. Like they can be motivated by, you know, the status quo or what their friends are saying, right? We have to be, the born-agains are people who are motivated by the love and compassion of Jesus. Empathy is looking at somebody and having pity for them. Oh, poor guy. Compassion is looking at people and not just having pity, but doing something about it. Right? And I'll tell you how God taught me this is kind of a crazy story, and then I'm going to hurry. But we're in youth ministry, probably our first or second year, and I took kids on a thing called Chrysalis. 100 kids went to another church. We just camped out over the night, and we taught them all night. It was great. We had one kid, his name was Brad. And Brad was like, you know, the peanuts thing. Who's a kid? Stinky kid. Linus, right? Pigpen, yeah, pigpen, right? It's pigpen is with us, okay? Pigpen? Pigpen, okay, good, good. So we, <laughs> sorry, here's pigpen. I kid you not, he is stanky. He probably hadn't had a bath all year, no joke. And it was June. And so he was really fragrant. He had wore combat boots, and he had a blankie, and the kids would make fun of him. And uh, God told me, go wash his feet. So I, I took the kid in the bathroom of the church, and I took off his combat boots, and I'm telling you right now, it was bad news. You know how those dispenser things, you know, I, I dispense, I had no gloves to wear, so I dispensed all this stuff in my hands, you know, I'm trying to get a load of it. And then I started washing his feet, and I was taking my fingers between his toes, pushing stuff out. It was bad. And I washed his feet. A hundred kids were outside the door. Came back out, we left his boots, threw them away. So he walked out. I mean, remember, the kids were making fun of him. And now at the end of this, walked back out, and one of the kids had some shoes, gave him some shoes. Another kid gave him some pants. What that did that day, one of my youth staff taught him how to take a bath. That's compassion. It's compassion. Listen, church, born-agains don't just have empathy, but they have compassion. 
And God has called us. What's going to get the attention of the entire community is when the community of faith has compassion on the broken, the disenfranchised, the disregarded. Come on, people. This is the heart of the Father for us, for every one of you, for me. These guys were crazy. They were so selfless in all that they did. This this pandemic has brought out the best of people and the worst of people. I mean, I, I don't get it. What's up with the toilet paper gig? Man, why, why, when, I, when I got home last time I was here, it was like lockdown. Y'all know it all started in my state, right? Like right up the road. And it's like I got home, I couldn't buy toilet paper for your life. I couldn't even buy food. You couldn't find chicken. It's like all these, my neighbor, he left his garage door open. I cannot kid, he probably had 40 big Costco things in it. I'm like, who does this? How much do you need that stuff? See, our church, and I know you guys did similar stuff, but we were, we were moved by compassion. So what we did is we started this thing called Spread the Love. And, and so we have people d- do things for the elderly who are locked in. And we're still doing it today. And we'd be you know, like make homemade salsa and take it to their house or bring them food and, and go shopping for seed. This is kind of what we do. But we didn't just do it to the people in our church. We did it in the people in our neighborhoods. Because we knew. See, when we took action to find the elderly people in our neighborhoods, we knew they weren't going to go out. And so we provided food for them. They didn't even ask for it. And now those people are watching us online. They're not coming to church yet, but they're watching. Two of the families started giving. I don't even know if they know Jesus yet. How about that? This is how we live. We are motivated by love in compassion. See, these four guys, they did something different. While everybody else was running in, they were, they, wanted, they went in to see a miracle, they went out to be a miracle. Number three, the born-agains equally distribute the load. Now listen, in other words, they were carried by four of them. That guy, so it wasn't like one guy throw him over the shoulder and the other guys just walk with him, right? Come on, no. All four of them we're carrying a stretcher. And I get it. They're probably going up and down things. And it's kind of a little bit crazy. I understand that. I get it. But, but here's the deal. This thing called church is a fine-tuned motor. And the way God intended her to run is we all equally distribute the load. Financially, in the service of the house. I mean, the kids' ministry should never be lacking. The nursery should never be lacking for people to serve in there. Because good Lord, you know, we need to get our hands on those little kids. Why? Because when you, when they come in with club feet and your prophetic team prays over them and they give them back healed, then all of a sudden what happens is the parents are like, whoo, this God thing's really real. We should treat our kids' ministries like they're the number one ministry because they're raising up the next generation. So see, we, they equally distributed the load, not just of the ministry in here, but the ministry out there. We all have our part, right? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Wow. Ephesians 4, 11, you've read this a million times. It, says he, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To, to, to prepare God's people for works of service. We're preparing the people of God to do these things we're talking about, to equally distribute the load. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure. Somebody say whole measure. measure. Not a little bit. Not 25%. Not 20, No, all of it. The whole measure of the fullness of God. 
So when we work together, you know, God gave us these gifts so we could use them in church. But he also gave us these gifts so we can use them outside the door and be the church. Come on, somebody, right? My friend Kirk is a quadriplegic. He, he has cerebral palsy. What happened when he was born, the cord got wrapped around his neck and for five minutes strangulated him. And now he is in a wheelchair and will be all the days of his life. Don't feel sorry for him because he's a stud. He can't talk. He talks with his nose. He travels the entire world telling people about Jesus. He says, if I can serve God and do all these things, what's your, what's your excuse? Right? And so, but what happened, you know, that whole cerebral palsy thing is it's a disconnect between the brain and the body. And I think sometimes the church has cerebral palsy where God has given all these gifts to us. And yet, because we're not connected to the head, we, all, we don't operate in the full measure of what God wants us to do. And so we're kind of limping along. But yet when we're connected to the head, come on, somebody. And we all do our part because we equally distribute the load. Now, all of a sudden, we can be this fine-tuned machine. Let's go. Nudge your neighbor right now. It's, 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 mm, rev, rev, mm, come on. It's time to turn this machine on. Who brought you up here, bro? <laughs> I'd invite you. Maestro. Yeah, you're good. At, at, at our church, we, I, listen, don't get mad at me. Pastor, don't turn off the TV. But I told my people, it's time to murder somebody. They're like, what? I said, we're going to get the spirit to kill on today. Like, Pastor, that's the Ten Commandments. No, we don't do that. I said, no, we're going to murder somebody today. We're going to kill somebody else. Like, what? Yeah. We're going to kill somebody else today. Like, huh? Yeah. Because see, when work needs to be done or money needs to be given or what have you, change the world, right? It's easy because we're so busy to say, well, somebody else will do that. We had to kill somebody else. I said, that guy's dead. Because now when you hear a plea for help, we can't go, well, they should do it. They've got the gift. No, man, it's, it's, all, it's our job to be the church, right? We can't, come on, somebody. Number four, born agains possess incredible determination, right? This is crazy. They made a hole in the room. These dudes, man, can you imagine? It's popular. What's going on? Oh, oh. See, Jack Hammer's on the roof. Pastor Ted's like, we just built this building. We just built it. Now you're ripping a hole through the roof? Think about this. They were determined. They're desperate. This building is getting jacked up. I mean, it's dark in there. They don't have lights like you do. They had candles, it was probably smoky, and it's hot and sweaty, and it's dark, and here's Jesus teaching and doing miracles, and all of a sudden they hear this stuff going on, and, 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 and these guys are digging, and all of a sudden you see a little hole, right? Dirt's falling, what was going through God's mind? It's like, what? Dirt's falling on everybody's heads. He looks up, and here's four Jewish guys looking down the hole, huh? Man, we... we To do what God has called the Rock Church of Gainesville to do, not just to build this wonderful building, it's going to require some crazy determination on your part. To, to go out and be the church and do what he's called you to do. Listen to Matthew. This is eleven, twelve. You've read this before. It's crazy. 
It says, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful people have been seizing it. Church, I tell you, you, it's not time to be a defensive Christian. Right now, it's time to be offensive. I'm not saying make, be offensive to people. I'm saying to take on the, the stature of an offense. In other words, the kingdom of God is amazing because you're in it and God is in control. And, and listen, the, the Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Now, I don't know about you. It's comparing hell to a gated city. Every time I see a gated city, I don't see it have legs and get it moved. So, so in other words, it can't move. So the gates of hell can't move. But what can move is the children of God. So we don't wait for evil to come to us. We go to evil. Come on, somebody. Come on. It's what we do. Right? Why? Because we're determined. We're determined. Like they were determined. We're determined to do the work of Jesus. Not just to build a building, not to populate the building. God is doing a crazy thing here. I mean, think about what you guys have had to go through. This is an amazing building, but is it any coincidence that all of a sudden, of a year ago, that your senior pastor is going through the challenge of his life? He's fighting for his life, and Dr. John is diagnosed, and little Gabriella, then your senior pastor's wife, Pastor Suzanne, gets COVID. I'm all this stuff. I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. The devil may have tried to snuff out your light, but his efforts have only fueled the fire. Listen, listen. In fact, the enemy, what he thought he would do to try to attempt to bring evil into this house, God has turned it for good. What he meant for destruction, God meant for construction. Come on. What he meant for death, God meant for life. What he meant to slow you down, God is using to speed you up. And here, I told you last time, a setback is a setup for a comeback, and the comeback is greater than the, what, the setback. And so here's a prophetic word for this house. Why I came here, why I sat on an airplane in the middle of the freaking night. It's horrible. Because the word of the Lord came to me when I'm praying for you, and it's this, Pastor. There is a season coming. It is a season of acceleration. It's not that you just got in this building. It's not time, people, to rest. You think, well, we need to take a break. No, no, no. It's time to put your foot as hard as you can on the accelerator. Because here it comes. God said, I will extend the pegs of your tent. And he did. And now he says, I'm about to extend you. Come on, somebody. That's the word for your house. <clears throat> you want to do something great for God? You got to do something you've never done for God, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? God is calling us to rise up. It's time for the church to rebrand. To rise up, right? Let the fathers go father. Let the mother's mother. And let's get out of the four walls and build the kingdom of God, right? Number five, and I'm almost done. The born-agains are not afraid to get dirty. They made a hole through the roof, right, with their hands. They didn't have tools, no jackhammers. They're clawing their way through the dirt roof. They're getting dirty. Sometimes God calls you to get dirty. My people were so clean. So we instituted a thing called treasure hunts. That's what we did is we 
we, we, on a Saturday, we still do them today. We'll have people come in in groups of 10. And the people, we just kind of put them together when they come there. We don't, you know, they don't like pick their people, we put them together. And in these groups, we'll probably have eight to 10, 12 groups. We'll have a quarterback. We call it like, you'd be the quarterback. Maybe Melissa would be the quarterback. She's a little bossy. She'd be really good at that. <laughs> just joking. Just joking, right? And we give her a pad of paper. And this is real stuff. And, and these 10 people sit around. They pray. We do it in the auditorium. And they pray. And they, they get pictures of people. Like, you get like, oh, I see Walmart. Some guy gets, oh, blue shoes. Some guy gets, it's a lady. And they get all these things. And then they get up and they go to Walmart. We're not the church of the weird. I'm just being honest. That's what we do. We're getting dirty. And so we went to the mall, right? And they got, they got African-American woman. They got uh, uh, sandals or flip-flops. They got a toucan. You know what a toucan is? Fruit Loops, that little bird? A toucan. Really? And they got addiction. And they got the mall. I think I said that already. So they go to the mall and they're there for three hours. And, and they're not getting anything. All of a sudden it's time to go. And they're like, okay, maybe we, missed, we didn't hear God. And so they, the girls had to go to the bathroom. You know how women always go to the bathroom in groups? We'll never know why, guys. Just don't even try to figure it out, right? <laughs> so the three girls go, they go in the women's bathroom and they're not coming out. It's like they're in there forever. It's like something happened, right? What's going on? Like 45 minutes go by and all of a sudden they walk out with this. It's November. In Washington, it's like freezing. Nine feet of snow, I'm joking, but rain. And they've got this beautiful African-American young gal with flip-flops on. And they brought her out and she has a toucan tattooed right above her big toe. And this woman went in there to slit her wrists. And they were able to go in there and they said, hey, listen, and she showed him the pad of paper. We were looking for you. And they led her to Jesus. Amen. All I'm saying is we got to get dirty. And I'm not saying going into a bathroom and saving. No, no. I'm just saying to, to, to stay, get out of our little cocoon and to put a demand on God, right? And to go out and be Jesus. See, you and I are like little Jesuses with skin on. That's it. And so we, they, those born again, they knew something. They knew that Jesus said when he started discipling them, and I'm done, but you can stand up. You can stand up, really. Yeah. I know I'm five minutes over. Pastor Ron's looking at me like, you need to get done. I'm joking. But they, they knew something we don't maybe get. Now, I just want to, I just want to express this to you, right? They understood when Jesus said he came, he told them when he was discipling them, he said, you are, he said, I am the light of the world. He said that, Jesus, I am the light of the world. But then when he ascended, when he was checking out and going out to be with the Father, he said, now you are the light of the world. Now, hold on. It's easy to say, well, God is the light of the world. No, he's not anymore. Sorry to break your little bubble. He, he's, no, he changed it. He said, no, now you are the light of the world because I'm sending somebody to you and he's going to live in you 
And you're a new creation because he's living in you, right? Come on, somebody. And now all of a sudden, you become the light of the world. Wherever you go, bam, the light of God goes. That's why whatever I do, I bring Jesus with me. I, I, I just feel like the, the God is punching it. He's punching it right now for your church. Next week when pastor comes back, I'm telling you right now, you better bring a big fat seatbelt. Strap that thing on and you're still going to go for a ride. It's going to be crazy because God is going to punch it. And just like in my big diesel truck, you're going to leave a cloud of dust that the enemy can't even see. Boom. But it's going to require you to step out and step into what God has for you. I'm done, but I want to pray. Come on. I didn't get through the word. Let's not make Jesus ugly. We don't serve an ugly gospel. The Bible says they made the gospel of God attractive. The only way that happens is when we live it the way he intended it to be lived. Don't cut apart the pieces that you don't like. Be the church. Can I pray for you? Father, I just thank you, God. I thank you, God, for your goodness over this house. God, you're so good, God. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, that as you step on the accelerator for the Rock Church Gainesville, that God, these people will never look back. That Lord, that every one of them will get it. That God, they'll be a part of this massive movement, God. It's not just about the people in this room. God, it's about the people watching online. It's about the people who call this place home. It's about the entire community of faith. It's about every church in this community. God, we pray for revival to come to this city, revival to come to this state. God, Holy Spirit, you are invited here. You are welcome in this place. God, you are welcome in our homes. You are welcome to turn us and wreck us for your goodness. God, you are welcome to wreck us in our worship. God, that we'd be like David, running around dancing because we don't care what other people think because we are set ablaze with you in our heart. I pray that over this house, God, that, Lord, as as you push the accelerator, not just on what they're doing and planning, God, I thank you, God, that Pastor and Pastor Susan's the best days for this church are ahead of them, not behind them, God, that you have set them up for such a time as this. God, I'm so glad that we get to partner with them in any tiny little way to watch you do this work, God. You know, just real quick, all over the room, if you're here today, listen, if every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I don't know Jesus. I've been watching from afar or maybe I've been dragged here by my wife or maybe you're a son in the house or or a child. Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ or maybe you've drifted away from him and and today you want to cross over that line of faith. There's a lot of people who have said Jesus is my Lord, but fewer people have called him their king. And so just real quick, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, listen, and you're saying, Jesus, I'm stepping over the line of faith. I'm I'm done playing the church game. I'm going to go all in. And I just want to look at your eyes. I want you to raise your hand. This is on the count of three. If you're here and you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time, 
or maybe you're coming back to him on the count of three I want you to look up at me and just put your hand in the air like this no one's looking around just you and me I'm not gonna embarrass you I just want to pray over you are you ready one two three bam now today you're stepping over the line of faith just put your hand just look at me I want to see your eyes look at me you're acknowledging I'm acknowledging with you the fact that you're stepping over that line I'm looking on the left hand side of the room is there anybody here you're saying yes today to the king anybody in this left hand section what about the center left anybody here you're saying yes your hands in the air you're looking at me I see a couple of people over here looking but I don't see your hand you got I got to identify you there's a big room I can't see in the back anybody else over here you're saying yes to Christ right what about in the, this section over here? Come on, anybody else? All right, all the way to the far right. Anybody in the house? All right, bro, that's awesome. Put your hand down. Anybody else? Anybody else want to join? A couple people today. Anybody else? I know it's COVID season. I understand that. I get it. The people are lost right now. They need Jesus. We need to yard them into the kingdom, right? Anybody else? One more time before I close in prayer. Anybody here, you're saying, yes, I'm crossing over the line of faith. One once, one twice. All right, we're going to pray with you. Let's join these two people. You say, dear Jesus, say it louder. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for never leaving me. Today, I crown you my king and I make you my Lord. Where you go, I will go. So teach me your ways, O oh God, and I will walk in your truth. In Jesus' name. You've got a hand clap, would you please? Now, if I could have the prayer team come up real quick. I don't know if you guys are praying right now, are you? You're not? You're kind of stretching out praying towards him? All right, good, I got it. I know, we just kind of take our bands off and flip them at people, but it's all good. It's their anointing, it's like handkerchiefs, it's all good. Uh, but, I, but can I just extend this to you today? It, I want to pray a crazy prayer over you. I'm done, Pastor Jamie. I really have been. I know I'm like, yeah. But I just, I just want to pray over you that this takes root. You guys have been through a crazy season. Pastor's coming back. He's not coming back weak. The man is lit. Well, when you spend the better part of a year fighting for your life and 100% trusting in God, you're changed. Get ready. He is a gentle, loving man. His wife is a gentle, loving lady. But they are going to move. And you better learn to put it in a different gear. Let go of anything, any mindset. Get ready for a new season. Get ready for a new upgrade of vision. I'm just telling you, God's going to do it. He's lit. Get ready. Pray for each other. When you guys have a prayer meeting, pack it out. Pack it out. Bring the kids, teach them what it looks like to pray. Pack it out. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.